What is going on, everybody? This is Get Real with Magic Mike and Big Nick. I'm Big Nick. And I'm, of course, Magic Mike. We're thrilled that you're back listening with us. You know, Nick, this is episode five. Ooh, and our growers listen more every... Nope. Our growers our, our listen? Li- Are you, do you smell toast burning? <laughs> our, our Are you having a stroke? Our listeners grow more every day. The listeners are growing themselves? Yeah. You still, be- you still miss most. The be, number of our listeners is growing. They're going to be my Our listeners aren't growing. Well, they might be. You know, with the pandemic, there's a lot of... That's all, you don't know what's in the water? Did you know the average person gained 15 pounds during the pandemic? I don't... Do you have something to speak to that personally? Mm-mm. No. 15 pounds. No. 15 pounds. Mm-mm. Was yours 15 pounds each limb? Probably. That's 60 pounds then, so <laughs> that'd be kind of tough. You're, you're hitting the gym, though. I mean, you're getting in there. You're getting after it. Trying to. Trying to. You're throwing up some pretty good weight. Trying to get big again, you know? Yeah. Working on it. Don't, don't say anything stupid. You're about to say something stupid. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. It's all good. Look, Nick, we always start talking about what's going on in the world. Right. You know, has anybody in the world not seen a news story about Afghanistan? Good Lord. I mean, I understand, but like, it's big. It's big news. It's historic, and it I get it. And you it know, warrants talking about. It warrants figuring out. What in the world's gone wrong? Who was steering the boat? And I get it. I get it. I don't know if we could say anything about it. That hadn't been said. You know, all the stuff that's been left over there. You quoted some of that last time. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. They have a whole arsenal right now. They, they yeah. But they don't know how to use it. And there's only 3,000 Taliban. So I don't know what they, they feel like they're going to do with it. Well, and we didn't leave keys. They got like five, five trucks apiece. Yeah. <laughs> they got you, a different color for every day of the week. You get a truck. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Um, well, I mean, we appreciate everything that our service is doing for us, as always. But you know, Afghanistan is just it's it's, it's dragging out. And they're never going to have peace in the Middle East. No. If you read the Bible, read history, you don't have to like it. Right. It ain't changing. Right. They can't get along over there. No. No. And the other thing that we everybody talks about, you Google the news, it's either Afghanistan or COVID. COVID's coming back. COVID's is, running rampant. Oh, is there something out there going on? COVID. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is it? Oh yeah. I hadn't heard. Oh yeah. You would think. You would think. You know, all these kids going back to school. I guarantee they'll back, be back in online learning before the end of the year. I think you're probably right. I mean, I've heard some numbers from some of the schools and the COVID positive test case. They've had some pretty large numbers. In, in some, some places, they make the kids wear bracelets to tell if they're vaccinated or not, or if they've had it. That's ridiculous. I I really don't know where this is going to end. To be honest with you. It's going to end as it's going to be a yearly shot, just like the flu. And you're going to go get your little COVID shot. Well, I don't get the flu shot. I don't either. It makes me sick. Well, I guess it gives you a little bit of the Which flu. Which I have my second COVID shot next week. And the only reason I did that is because my grandma said I couldn't come to Thanksgiving, and I missed Thanksgiving last year. So, you I get, have to get... You get Pfizer? Moderna? What'd you Moderna. Get? Moderna? Moderna. Well, the efficacy rate on that is, is higher, actually, the the period of time that it lasts is longer. So well, then they told me once I get my second shot, I'm going to turn around and get a booster. It's well, incredible. I'm well, so sick of shots. Well, for you, it's going to take a big booster. <laughs> I mean, it might be a wooster. It's going to be a really big booster. But the good news is kids are back in school, which you know what that means. Less people at the beach when I go? No. Well, that does mean Potentially. that. Potentially. There was less people last week when I was there. Football. I love football. 
Thursday night, ECU plays, NC State plays, Maryland plays Saturday. They're letting fans go. They're letting fans go as of right now. As of right now. And you know, colleges are now allowed to serve alcohol in the stadiums. Bet you didn't know that. They've never been able to do that. Not always. So Anheuser-Busch and Miller and all that stuff. So now instead of, you know, drinking cheap beer in the parking lot, you can go in and spend $6 on a beer. At least $6. At least $6. <laughs> if it's not 10 11 12 And they'll pay it because... Well, you know what we need on college campuses is more alcohol. Oh, 100%. I mean, they've been lacking. Oh, yeah. Especially East Carolina. They have to make up for a whole year they lost. Is that what it is? That's what it is. Well, I mean, East Carolina, what, ranked the number two party school in America? Oh, yes. What is it, Arizona State or something was number one? Um, It changed last year, I think. Towson, I think, was in the top five. Okay. And then it's West Virginia. West Virginia's in there. Arizona State, which there's some crazy facts about Arizona State. And then ECU's up there. Because Sup Dogs was the number one bar, college bar, for like two, three years in a row. Which is in Greenville, North Carolina, for Correct. those of you who don't know. And we got beat this year by a school um, because Aaron Rodgers tweeted about them, so they got a lot more votes because Aaron Rodgers tweeted about them. Mm. It's kind of tough. Don't get me started on Aaron Rodgers. Um, interesting fact, Chris Davis. We talked a little bit before the podcast. You don't know who Chris Davis is. Chris Davis played for the Orioles. He's the one that hit a bunch That's of That's because it's baseball, and I don't follow baseball. I, I understand. I will give credit, though, to the people who came up with the Field of Dreams thing. They're doing it again it, next year. Are they? They are. Okay. Well, it was brilliant. It is. It was brilliant. I give them credit where credit's due, but they needed to do something to put a jolt in baseball. Well, Chris Davis hit a bunch of home runs one year and then tested positive for, like, steroid, and then he's been pretty bad ever since. Either we're way. all doing it. So. Right. They might as well let him. Everyone wants to go see home runs. Let him, let him hit the home run. So he retired this year. So when you retire, you know, you might have a little money saved up. How much money do you think he has saved up? <laughs> Probably spend it all. <laughs> From 2022 to 2037, he'll get paid 65 more million. Well, and I'm, never swing a bat in a professional baseball game again. Well, I'm not going to swing a bat in any one either, but I'm not going to get anything. <laughs> I'm not going to get 65 cents. In 2022, he'll make 23 million. 2023 through 25, 9.16. Not playing. Not playing. Not playing. 2026 through 20. Well, no wonder those beers cost so much in the stands. Well, Bobby Vanilla Day, which is July 1st, he makes a million dollars every July 1st to do nothing. Just because. For like the rest of his life. His agent deserves an award. I'm sure he's getting his 15% or whatever it is. (laughs) But good for him. Now, the cool story in ESPN this week, you know how ESPN starts with a kickoff, high school football, IMG, St. Francis, all the big high school football teams on ESPN? Yes. A school named Bishop Sycamore. You ever heard of them? I have not. No, is anybody else? (laughs) Because it's not a school. They snuck their way onto ESPN's live stream and into this tournament to play these teams. Well, the first game they played against IMG, they lost 58 to nothing. So people started questioning, is there a Bishop Sycamore? There's no Bishop Sycamore. They played two games in three days. Their head coach currently has an active arrest warrant. Most of the kids are junior college dropouts. Nowhere near high school age, anywhere between 20 and 26. It's crazy. They use fake addresses. I mean, they fraudulently attach themselves to charitable entities without those entities' knowledge. They didn't know that they were actually attached to them. It's absolutely ridiculous. They tricked ESPN. Well... Good for them. <laughs> I mean, if they would put that kind of energy into their academic studies. Most of them aren't even in academic studies. They're junior college. Well, that's college. what I'm saying. But, I mean, somebody was pretty slick to make up a football <laughs> so, team. Somebody did something. They're, Get on ESPN. They're con artists. That's all they are. Well. But either way. That's very so interesting. It's Labor Day this weekend. 
It is Labor Day weekend. So I'm assuming you're For most people, it's a three-day weekend. So I'm assuming you're leaving for the beach. What's today, Tuesday? Today's Tuesday. You're leaving for the beach tonight or tomorrow? No, I'll try to make it a five-day weekend. (laughs) So So you're leaving tomorrow. Uh, We'll see. Yes. (laughs) Somebody has to... Until I I get a text tonight. Yeah, we got a wild hair and decided to uh, just go to the beach. That could happen. Well, you know, there's only so many wonderful days. This weekend's going to be absolutely beautiful at the coast. Oh, I know. Absolutely magical. And I'm going back to Maryland. Maryland. Maryland's bad Friday? Now it's supposed to be 75 and sunny. That's my kind of weather. It's the bullet capital of the world, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Labor Day. Do you know who invented it or created it? Well, I think Grover Cleveland signed it in law. He did. June 28th, 1894. I couldn't have told you that date, but... And it started out... They wanted to, to give praise to all the laborers that were working. Ready for it? 12 hours a day, seven days a week. They were working. Everybody. Everybody. That five was, five years was, old and six-year-olds. That was just a standard of life. That was a standard to get through. Just to, to make it. Just to make it. Five-year-old and six-year-olds. I didn't have my first job. So I was 21. If you made some people work 12 hours one day, that and a cold glass of water, they'd fall over dead. Oh, 100%. Twelve. That's eighty-four hours a week, every week, and their five and six years were working in the mills, yeah, and doing whatever, just so they could have clothes and something to eat. And if you want my honest opinion, I don't know if we should have Labor Day this year. No one has laborers. When you go to these restaurants, you see all these signs that says, "Please be patient with us. We're understaffed. People are shutting down because they don't have staff." Well, you know, we have a, a new restaurant that's open here in, in our town, and you know. Someone went over there and said, was any good? They met somebody that was actually coming out. They were going to go in, friends of mine. And they met these people they didn't know coming out and said, how was it? And they said, well, the food was okay, the service sucked. Yeah, because they're taking anybody that can spell their name. I think they probably take some people who can't spell their <laughs> name. I mean, because you know how many vowels and consonants you got in that thing. I mean, it's just, it's, it's crazy. You can't find good help. You can't find any help, much less good help. So... I mean, we have another. We have a friend of ours who has a who has a restaurant here, and he, you know, he, he can't get out of the restaurant. He's working there, you know, twelve hours a day, like all people actually used to do, because he can't find help. He can't go anywhere. There's a, um, a, well, I call it a restaurant. It is a restaurant. It doesn't. You can't go in the building. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, you go up to the window, you order your food, they give it to you out right. the window, and it's extremely popular at the beach, and so they have a Facebook page. That's how they communicate with their client base right and you know down at the beach it's a it's a community thing and people love this place i mean they got grouper bites and they they got the shrimpers they got it's it's very good well it normally takes them 11 people to run their enterprise right to be able to get this food out i Mm -hmm. mean they're lined up waiting it's a big deal they posted online a few weeks ago we have four people (laughs) we have four people to work so here's what we're going to do, everybody. We're going to open from 11 to 3. Okay? 11 to 3. And we're going to do the best we can. We need you to understand. You know, you have to manage people's expectations. Mm-hmm. We need you to understand. We don't know how long you're going to have to wait. It'll be good when you get it. I don't know when you're going to get it. And it's do this or we just don't open. Right. So if you don't want to come and experience this, come Maybe when this is over. Right. But you know what? People still win. 
yeah. They just still went and they waited. They wanted to support this family mm-hmm. that's running this business, trying to make it. But that's our new reality, Nick. That's terrible. It people is People terrible. don't go to work. People but look don't... at all these fast food places that haven't opened up their eating yet. Actually, you know what? Last night I had a wild hair and I went to McDonald's and I got an ice cream cone and the machine wasn't broken. That's amazing. Well, you, you had that working for you. <laughs> I got that going for me. It's the first time that's happened in a long time. But Well, good for them. Well, I think it's time we get into the uh, real estate segment. Of you know, today. Nick, it never ceases to amaze me the people who just really have questions about real estate. And, you know, when you go through a transaction and you think, you know, well, people have a realtor, they got attorneys that work for them, they got appraisers, lenders. There's a lot of people involved in a real estate transaction typically. And you like to think everyone involves professionals, but sometimes buyers, it's kind of like a kid in class that just doesn't ask a question. And the teacher says, you know, there's no bad questions. If you don't ask, I can't know. Mm -hmm. And so people come up to me all the time, you know, magic. I got this question. I don't understand this. And so I'm, I'm always glad to help them out with some stuff, but do they really say magic? You know, they do. You know, I was down at the beach music festival and I had a good friend of mine with me. We were sitting down on the wall and I had like seven, eight people come up, magic, magic. He hates it. He hates it. He uh, absolutely, you hate it. It's you ridiculous. Hate it. Yeah, you hate it. But it is what it is. There's worse <laughs> things people could call me. So, <laughs> so Nick, overview, real mm-hmm. estate. Everybody thinks there's a bubble coming. Right. Right. I hear that all the time. The house is going crazy. They're selling for way too much money. You know, this is going to bust. It's going to be like 08, 09. And, you know, we talked about, about that in the previous episode. Do you know what the average home price has gone up since the pandemic started last March? Then this is just across the country. So this is this is a big pain. A percentage. Price. Yeah, across the country. Whew. 22. 24%. Mm. 24%. So, Nick, I know you're not that great with math. A $200,000 house would be $248,000. Right. Okay. Now, if you apply that to other areas of the country, you know, you can't get a shoebox for $200,000. Go to Raleigh. You know, my daughter and son-in-law, they live Mm -hmm. in Raleigh. They're inside the Beltline. And, you know, they look at these houses and and they have a townhouse and they live just fine. When they like to get a house at some point, grow their family and... I mean, they look at people going and paying $800, a million, and they tear them down. Well, look, a, a girl I know in Maryland, she just bought a house not too long ago. Two bed, two bath, no master bathroom, and she paid two eighty five. It's like 1,300 feet. How old a house? It's old. It's old, like 60s? <laughs> Probably, if not older. It's got one of those unfinished basements where, like, the laundry room is. You know, there's a decent backyard, but, you know, it's kind of in the cut. It's not... I mean, it's a nice house, a very nice house, but 285. Unreal. Well, you know, inventory for houses is at a 40-year low, a 40-year low. And again, you know, it's um, if you ever wanted to sell a house, <laughs> now is the time. Yeah. I, actually, I have people who are investors, you know, they want to buy. And then I've got people who've owned property for quite a while, duplexes, mm-hmm. single-family houses, rental houses, right. and they're like, do I need to cash out? I'm like, well, I'd have to know a whole lot more about your financial picture. Where are you at in life? You know, what have you met your goals? You know, do you not need passive income anymore? You're going to take the money from here and put it somewhere else and let it grow somewhere else. You know, everybody thinks the stock market's about to crash. You know, and <laughs> it, it, it's kind of lofty. Things are trading at a high PE in the stock market, but 
I don't know if it's going to crash. I think we'll probably have a correction, but I don't know. I'm not an economist. I've never met a rich economist. Have you ever met a rich economist? Do people come up and tell you what the stock market's going to do? Well, if you knew what the stock market was going to do, why aren't you rich and living on an island somewhere? Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I get uh, emails from, what's it called, the Motley Fool all the time. Oh, yeah. Saying this is the stock to buy. This guy predicted all the other things. Like, okay, well, then why are you sending me this email? Why isn't everybody rich and following it? Correct. Correct. Stupid. So, um, are you familiar with the term millennials? I think I am one. But I'm like a fake millennial. On the underside of that, but you, you're, you're well, on the back. Linda, Linda and Joe raised me old. Well, you are old soul. Well, you grew up a lot with your grandmother and your grandfather, yeah. and you, you know, you're, you, you, very much a family guy. But I have bought into the millennial, uh, the TikTok thing. It, it has sucked me in. I know. It's, I know. it's like a drug. Yeah, TikTok is. I was on it till two thirty last night, just watching videos. Well, you know, it's. it's where Facebook people used to say that when Facebook came out, they'd click on Facebook, and next thing you know, two, three hours had gone by. It's ridiculous. You're sitting, that's the best time to do it when you're sitting on the toilet, and then before you know it, you're sitting on the toilet too long, your legs are asleep. You know, you just created a visual for our listeners <laughs> that they're probably not going to be able to erase for quite some time. Golly, Pete, that was tough. Woof. Big Nick on a toilet. A little. You have an extra big toilet, I'm assuming. I don't. Oof. My parents put one in their house, though. It's a handicapped toilet. It's real tall. It's nice. It's real nice. The toilet's actually handicapped, or it's for handicapped people? How do you have a handicapped toilet? It's for handicapped people. Is that like when people say they're going to put a hot water heater in their house? And it's just There's the no heater. such thing as a hot water heater. There's a water heater that heats water. It makes <laughs> it hot, but it's not a hot water heater. Why would you need to heat hot water? <laughs> That's a good point. I don't know. Well, I It's hear- a handicapped toilet. It's a, it's a toilet. It's it's. The toilet is, is for handicapped. People with disabilities. People, yes. Yes, but the toilet itself is not handicapped. I, no, I don't believe so. I wouldn't think so. <laughs> I'm going to get you there one day. I guess it depends. I, you know, I like words. Um, so let's talk about these millennials again. <clears throat> so there's a sect of the millennials that were born between 1989 and 1993. So I believe you were born in 95? Right. Okay, so these are just ahead of you a little bit. So now they're hitting their 30s, their early Ooh. 30s, and this is a large group of people. Right. So a lot of these kids, you know, they're going to college, they've done pretty well, they got some good jobs, two incomes. Mm-hmm. They're the ones wanting to buy these houses. You know, some of them have been renting, saving their money. Some of them have a starter home. They're ready to get into that, you know, the larger <clears throat> home for Sally and Robbie. They're about at their second house. Yeah, usually. Out of their starter house, going into their middle house. And, and they got money. Listen to this. This is a factoid. I love factoids. Love them. Oh, love them, love them, love them. Oh, I know. So, in 2008, that was the beginning of the crash. Right. Okay? Of the of the housing crash. I was and again, you can listen to a previous episode where I get into why it's not going to be like that again. There's a, there's a specific reasons why. But the average mortgage payment for a house was 7.2% of people's income. Good. God. 7.2%. Okay? Right. You know what it is today? 3.275. That's pretty good. It's 3.4. Uh. So it's less than half of what it was. So the percentage of people's income going toward their house payment is right. Is far less, which that would prove to be a good thing. Mm-hmm. So they're not as tight. They're not as restricted. Now, I'm not going to speak to what the car payments are because I hear some people's car payments 
will blow your mind. I mean, eight, nine hundred dollars for a car payment. Don't, don't, don't bring up what you have to say. Well, I'm not going to say anything about what Big Nick's truck payment is, but <laughs> it is his mobile office, so he gets a little bit there, and it is tax deductible as a business expense. That, 2008, I was worried about what girl I was going to flirt with on the playground in middle school. How'd that work out? It didn't. You know, the first girl I ever kissed, I was six years old. It was in the middle of the street right in front of my house. Six years old. She knows who she is. She's probably out there listening. Uh, <laughs> she's a pharmacist now. She still lives right here in the same town. She's awesome. She's a funny, funny person. She's so funny. But nonetheless, she did marry someone named Mike. Imagine that. But I don't know if that was a correlation. I don't know if there was anything to that. I don't know if she's ever thought about that or not. But she was awesome. We went to school together 12 years Anyway, so, you know, Nick, there's something called forbearance, right. and people are a little bit nervous about this. So there's a, a forbearance, a, a mortgage forbearance program. This is when people, you know, the people have gotten a lot of, you know, help mm-hmm. during this pandemic time. For sure. The HOPE program, people can get free rent money, people have gotten stays on their mortgage payments. So this mortgage forbearance program is basically somebody calls their mortgage lender and says, look, I'm struggling. My income's suffered. Maybe they were in the, you know, the restaurant industry or the entertainment industry or whatever. On a small business. On a small business and their income's just got hit. Well, the mortgage company, you know the last thing the mortgage company wants from you is your house. They don't want want your house. Mm -hmm. They want your money. Mm -hmm. They want your money. They do not want your house. The collateral of your house for the loan that you got is a last-ditch measure right. for the mortgage company to try to recoup their money if you don't pay them. So what they do is they call the mortgage company and they say, look here, I can pay you something. I can pay you something. A lot of times they'll do half of your monthly payment. Okay, So they'll take the difference that you owe them and they'll add it on to the back end of your loan right. down the road. And the theory behind that is the mortgage company says, hey, I got a person who's living in their primary residence. They're cutting the grass. They're paying the utilities. Hopefully they're taking care of it. And they're paying us something. Hopefully this is a short-term situation. And it's going to recover. And we'll just get the money on the back end of the loan. Right. It's a good theory. Mm-hmm. It works. It does work. Well, you know that forbearance program that I'm telling you about? Yeah. Well, it ends the end of September. Oh, yeah. So we're about 34 days out, 32 days, whatever it is. And so we're going to say they're, they're estimating about 1.7 million people are in forbearance now. So that's one, not people, homes. So 1.7 mortgages. Um, again, we have a 5 million home shortage in America right now. So 1.7, that'll, that'll raise the inventory by about 11%. Mm-hmm but it won't nearly meet it if, if they don't work something out with these people. So, um, you know, the eviction moratorium, federal government, you know, that's lifted. Now people can be evicted who haven't been paying. Landlords been sitting here scraping up their bucks to pay their own payments, not getting anything for people living in them. I get it. It's a bad situation. It's a bad situation for a lot of people. You have to qualify. You know, what's bad to you might not be bad to me. What's bad to me might not be bad to you. Right, but like so, we touched on earlier, I mean, all these places you see a for hire sign everywhere you go. You can't pay, go get a job. 
Well, I mean, when you're paying twenty dollars to work at McDonald's in some of these big cities. Oh, and the sign-on bonuses. When I was home in Maryland this weekend, there was a gas station. A gas station. Two thousand dollars sign-on bonus. You mean like a Sheets or something? It, well, it's a Royal Farms in Maryland. Okay. But two thousand dollars sign-on bonus to come and work for what would be normally a minimum wage type job. Correct. Two thousand dollars. Well, maybe you should have gone up there and worked for a week while you were there. <laughs> Get you a little walking around money. There you go. So that's just a little bit of an overview. I don't think the housing market is going to crash. Uh, It will will not be like it was in 08, 19, 11, 12. Uh, I've got more buyers than I've got sellers. You know, when the phone rings and somebody says, Mike, I want to buy a house. I'm like, man, I appreciate you calling me. I'm going to help you best I can. Uh, Are you sure you don't have something to sell? (laughs) We really want the sellers. Right. We really, you know, we got people who are selling their houses and moving into rentals. Mm-hmm. You can do anything for a short amount of time. Yeah. I got people who are selling their house, but they won't let the buyers move in. That's if you want my house, you want to lock into the low interest rates, you go ahead and buy it. I'll pay you rent back and I'll get three or four months until, so I can find me something so I'm not under the gun. You got to do what you got to do. We, we, have, we have multiple clients in that situation. <clears throat> Oh, I mean, we have multiple clients in rentals just sitting there waiting to buy something. Nothing comes Correct. up. Correct. And when Correct. it does come up, we get four, five, six, seven, eight offers. Look, I had a client of mine. She sold her half a million dollar house. She thought the market was getting up there pretty good. thought, I'm not going to cash out. You know, it's a little more house than I need anyway. Sold her out. She moved into a pretty nice house, about 1800 bucks a month rent. Signed a year lease and said, I'm just going to take my cash, I'm going to park it, lower my overhead every month. I ain't got to pay for anything to be fixed. And I'm just going to sit here and look. I might build me a little house. I'll find something that comes up. Whatever. But it gives you a lot of options. Mm-hmm. Because if you find a deal by accident on a house to buy, but you have to sell your house to take advantage of the new house, well, you're going to miss out on it. Right. Because there's too many other people that have no contingencies to buy. Correct. So it's the chicken and the egg. I mean, a house in Raleigh, I saw this on the news the other day. A house in Raleigh went a million dollars over ask. Well, what was the asking price? I didn't see that part. Well, that's kind of relevant, but still a million bucks. A million over. Oof. Well, you know, people putting offers in on houses sight unseen. I mean, you got to. Yeah. If you're uh, out of town, you have to. You have no choice. Yeah. One of our agents listed his personal house over in Wake Forest, and he had it. He put it up. A guy called him from Washington State. He said, I see your house is for sale. You're not allowing showings for a few days. He said, that's right. He said, uh, the pictures online that you've got posted, is that an accurate depiction of your home? He said, it is. Well, he's in one of those communities where houses are very similar right, and right, all that right. stuff. So the guy looked at it and he said, I understand you're a realtor. He said, I am. He said, and it's your personal home. He said, it is. He said, so my understanding is you can't represent a buyer for your personal home. He said, that's correct. He said, well, good. I don't need you to represent me. I'll represent myself. He said, oh, okay. Right. He said, uh, I need your number. He said, well, I got a number on He said, no, no, no. I need your number that you'll sell me that house. I don't need to see it. I'm in Washington State. I'm moving to Raleigh. I already have a job. I got a family. I have to know I have a house to move to. Give me your number. Right. So... Other agent works here with me. He called his wife, talked to her, called the guy back. They were asking like three seventy-five. Mm-hmm. He said, "We'll take four oh five, and we won't allow any showings, and you can get it." The guy said, "Send me the contract. I'll, I'll wire you twenty thousand dollars, non-refundable due diligence money." And they did it. 
they closed on the house. Buddy's out, got his check, <laughs> he's done. Now he's moved into a rental. Right. His, his son's got one more year of high school, so they're gonna stay in that market. They're gonna segue to the beach, got a little place at the beach, and they're gonna probably buy a big home, make that their primary residence. So you gotta think outside the box in this world. Gotta think outside the box. So that's kind of a, what's going on in real estate today. So that leads us into story time. Story time. You know, Nate, before we get into story time, I can't, I keep seeing you sitting on that toilet. <laughs> I mean, I really wish you hadn't said that. But anyway, that's a different story for a different time. <laughs> so, Nate, you know, if you think about some of the big events in life, weddings mm-hmm. are pretty big events. They bring people together, you know, hopefully good things. Hopefully they bring out the best in people. I've seen some situations they didn't necessarily bring out the best. You know, we had a big wedding in our family. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank goodness we got it in before COVID. So my daughter, she got married September 21st. So she's going to be September. having her anniversary. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. It was literally on that earth, wind and fire. Well, of course <laughs> we had that and we had the band and had it over at Farrington Village in Pittsburgh. And let me tell you, it was a fairy tale wedding. It was a fair. We only went over budget by 50%. So that's why you don't have yeah, budgets. Uh, my wife and look, my wife paid for some stuff. I still don't know about to this day with her own secret money she has. So, <laughs> so it, it very well was higher now. But I will tell you this: I don't want any of the money back. I, I wouldn't take it back. It was, uh, it was an incredible day, and uh, we got a great son-in-law in the deal. And uh, you can see my toast. You know, my daughter told me I had four minutes for my toast after I paid for this wedding. I said. Yeah, right. I get four minutes. It was 21. Yeah, it was 21. I, I, you made me watch it. It's on my Facebook page. I've, I've seen it. It's I pretty, actually edited it to put it you on. You edited it to put it on. It's pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. So we're talking about weddings, and you know, I've talked about where I worked in this clothing store right. when I was in high school, and we had a tuxedo department. And so it's amazing the people that come up to me to this day. And remember, I helped them with their tuxedos when mm-hmm. they got married, and you know, I'm just a kid. Lord, they you know, must be. Oh, yeah, they're old. But I was 15 years old, okay, when I started working in the clothing store. So, But this story comes from the time when I worked in the, in the tuxedo business in the clothing store. Right. So one of my clients comes in, you know, they rent all the tuxedos and they got groomsmen and the father of the bride and all this stuff. And so you might have six to 12, whatever, depending on how big the wedding is. So we interact with a lot of people. So this guy comes in and he's telling me this story and it didn't happen to him. It happened to someone he supposedly knew. Now he told this story to be true. He told it to be true. I have no reason to disbelieve him, but I'm gonna tell it exactly the way it was told to me. Okay? So here we go. So there were these four guys. They They went to high school together. They went to college at the same time. They were thick as thieves. Right. They, they ran hard together. They had, I'm sure, lots of stories. But as they got out of college, they still <clears> remained <throat> very close. And one by one, these guys got married. Right. And, of course, they were all in each other's weddings and all this stuff. Well, the one in the foursome, you know, there's always the joker <laughs> in every crowd. Well, as it were, the jokester, he was the last one to get married. 
and it was a little later. So he's now pushing about 29, okay, okay? which now is a normal age to get married. Back then, that was, that was a little older to get married. So the other ones had been married for several years. Some of them already had a, a child. Yeah, starting a family. They're, yeah, they're, they're living normal lives. But he knows all the antics he played on them his whole life. He knows the things he did at their weddings and all the practical jokes he pulled. And he's like, man, I'm kind of worried. He said, because these guys, you know, they got more resources now. <laughs> they, they got a little more money. They got time. They're wiser than they were. They're going to come at me full barrel. Right. This is not going to be. He says, uh, the guy's like, I want my wife to be, and I don't know what's going to happen. I, I've told them, you know, go easy on me. <laughs> you know, g- give me some grace here. Da, 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 da. So the big weekend comes. My buddies all come in. Everybody's family, friends. It's a big time like all weddings are. And they show up. I mean, they're there on time. They dress nice. They come with their wives. Everything's pretty good. We go have the, the um, rehearsal. You know, they clown around a little bit, but everything's cool. They do their thing, stand in their place, go through the whole process. We go to a rehearsal dinner. One of them actually, a couple of them got up and spoke, made a little toast. It was very nice. You know, they, they picked on me a little bit. All cool. Go through that. I'm like, okay, so far we got through one night. Next day, the big wedding day. Wedding day comes, and I'm like, they're going to do something. I know, I know these guys, they are never, ever, ever going to let me off the hook for all I've done to them. So they come, they're dressed to the nines. They got their tuxes on, their mm-hmm. ties are straight. I mean, they got everything. And he's like, they're going to do something. They're going to do something. They're going to do Nervous. something. You're waiting for the shoe to drop. <laughs> kind of like when you're a kid and you've done something bad, and you're just waiting for the parents to, <laughs> to call you out because you know it's coming. So they go. They have the wedding, they come down, they have the processional, they come down the aisles, they go down with the bridesmaids, they do, they stand there perfectly, they ain't yelling out, they ain't carrying on, they ain't whipping out sunglasses or water guns, nothing. Right. Wedding goes off without a hitch. It's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. They go down the aisles, they go down, everything, they go over, you know, got to take the pictures, mm-hmm. they do all the pictures. Mm-hmm. They get in there for the reception. Everything's going great. They got the music going, the DJ. Everybody's having a big time. Guys, are, everybody's out there dancing, having a good time. Nobody's misbehaving. He's waiting. It's boiling It's up. coming. It's coming. He's like, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? The guy can't even enjoy his own wedding. He's so nervous. Because he's so <laughs> nervous. He's so nervous. So they keep moving along and doing everything. And, and they had some toasts and some family members. Everything's good. Everything's in control. So... Nick, mm-hmm. at the end of the, the wedding, the reception, right. not the big time. Well, he's like, I'm going to go out and they're going to have destroyed my car. It's going to be up on blocks. It's going to be covered in shaving cream, rice all in the air condition, <laughs> black powder, smoke. <laughs> it, it, it's just, it, it's going to happen. He right. goes out. The car had a few little ribbons on, a few little, nothing. Nothing to speak of. Mild. Right. He's like, what is the deal? He's like, there's no way. There's no <laughs> way they've let me off the hook. And he starts thinking, well, maybe their wives, maybe their wives calmed them down. You know, maybe their wives heard them talking about these things they were going to do to me. And, you know, the wives, you know, they're usually a little bit more mature and all this kind of stuff. And maybe they talked them out of doing anything. Maybe, maybe I'm going to get the free pass after all. <laughs> so, you know, the guy was going on his honeymoon. Mm-hmm. 
And they were going to drive about four hours from that night to where they were going to have their honeymoon night. They hadn't told anybody where they were going. Right. Okay. Nobody knew where they were going. So he's looking. They finally leave, you know, a little later. They got married a little earlier in the day. So they left, you know, about 9 o'clock. And so they're heading out. Nobody's following. Nothing. It's it. It's it. So here he is, newly married, got his wife, his bride. No problem. They're heading out. They're, you know, thinking about the wedding and all the great things and family and all. It's just a good thing. It's a beautiful thing. So they leave. And he's like, he looks at his wife and he says, they let us off the hook. <laughs> they let us off the hook. He's happy. You know what happens when you let your defenses down? Oh, it's going to get you. Yeah. It's like Mike Tyson. <laughs> Is it Mike Tyson that says the famous quote? Plans are a great thing until you get a fist in the face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, they leave. They make their drive. They stop. You know, something. They get there. They check in. It's after one in the morning. They check in. They got their nice room. They're at a nice place. Mm -hmm. They're at a nice place. And they got what I guess would be like a honeymoon suite. I'm sure they call it that. And so they've had a long day and they get in there, but it's their honeymoon night. Right. You understand? Oh, yeah. You understand that? Mm -hmm. It's their honeymoon night. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's the honeymoon night. Good thing. So they go in there. They have their honeymoon night. Wake up the next morning. They sleep in a little bit. Groom reaches over there and says, honey, he said, you're, you're getting hungry? She said, well, yeah, I could eat. Work up an appetite, whatever. He says, all right, I'm sorry, let me make the call. I already checked in, they got this great room service here, they got this breakfast thing. He said, let me make the call. He reaches over to the phone beside the bed. He picks up the phone, he calls out a room service. He said, well, this is Mr. Jones up here in room 109, and we're up here in the honeymoon suite. Got married yesterday, and I've seen you have this breakfast special that you do. It's the whole works, you know. Right. Eggs Benedict, they got everything the going on, grapefruit, orange juice. It's a nice thing. He said, we'd like to order two of those and have that sent right up to our room. You following me with me, Nick? I'm with you. Are you with me? I'm with you. You with me? I'm are you with sure you. you're with me? I'm sure. I don't think you are. Here we go. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. You know, revenge is best served cold. <laughs> That's what I've heard all my life. Right. These guys, they waited. Would you know what to happen while he's on the phone with the room service people? <laughs> he and his wife laying in the bed. I don't even know. A voice comes from underneath the bed and says, make that five breakfasts. <laughs> <laughs> make that five make that five so I guess everybody can figure out the three lifelong buddies had figured out where he was going and had spent the night underneath their honeymoon bed <laughs> I've had to kill somebody I'm sure his wife had some things to say but I'd like to see his face when he heard that voice come out. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, it's told to me to be a true story. I really hope it is.
I really, I really <laughs> it is too. I believe it is a true story, but it's pretty cool. But that's your story time for the day, Nick. And we're wrapping up episode five of Get Real with Magic Mike and Big Nick. Always, Nick, a pleasure to spend time with you. Absolutely. Put something out there into the world. I hope we make you laugh for just a minute. Forget about the cares of the day. Inform you a little bit. We call it infotainment. Give you a little information, a little entertainment. Appreciate you listening. Get a good